time for the truth to be out there. Are you dating? Yes. Yeah. What? Well, I think. Summer fling. Yes, that evolves and grows like any other going to go. open to wherever it might lead. Anywhere. And to share it with off, people we'll always be friends, no matter what. who are also I'm go part of I've got a the date. unit because uh, we all are interconnected. Bye. And here we go. It's the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies with Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, a.k.a. The Whistleblower, with my co-host. This is Eli the Jerry Sue, or the Eli Sue. Okay, we just recorded this again, so can you please tell me what that was the first time? I don't even know what that means. Oh, Mary Sue. You know, oh, like, yeah. Well, you know, they got I'm another, a dude, so actually... I'm, a, I'm a Jerry Sue. Well, no, 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 no. For men, it's Gary Sue. Oh, is it Gary? Oh, what do it's I Gary Sue. It's the same thing, but it's Gary Sue if you're oh. the Mary Sue version of that but. Yeah. But it's Eli Sue. That's right. That's better work. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, where we're gonna start with this one. The reason I call myself the whistleblower because there's a whole bunch of bullshit been going on in the news. We know Trump is in some hot water again, and everybody's like, "What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" Guess what? Two weeks from now, we won't care because he'll nothing's be gonna shit. happen. Nothing's, nothing's gonna happen. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> he'll do something else, and we'll be on another news cycle. That's how this thing works. So until then, we're just gonna ignore that, and we're gonna talk about some. Comic books and fiction and other bullshit that's going on that doesn't really matter about it. That's what we do. We're distractions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Eli, guess what I did this weekend? Uh, you played patty cake? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, basically, this weekend, I pretty much did nothing, mainly because uh, a funny thing about Mississippi is that we have... It's a funny thing about Mississippi. I always say some fucked up shit about it, some good shit about it. This thing is kind of, eh, kind of. So, basically in Mississippi, there's two football teams that everybody is a fan of. It's pretty much the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. And when I mean everybody, I mean like 99.9.99%. I mean, you got some weirdos that are 49ers fans and that one fan I know that is a Buffalo Bills fan. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Bills fans, Buffalo fans, not Buffalo Bill fans, but he is. But the point is, is that the game is, well, to record tonight, to yesterday. The game was yesterday down in New Orleans, Louisiana, New Orleans Saints, Dallas Cowboys. So everybody just packed up in Mississippi and just went to New Orleans. So I'm just here by myself in Mississippi for the time being, you know, like Will Smith and I am legend. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I meant to say. Uh, since we banned Will Smith, I meant to say uh, Charlton Heston in Omega Man. A boy and his dog. Yeah, a boy. Look it up. It's the same movie. <laughs> oh, and also Last Person on Earth with Vincent Price back in the 30s. But yeah, all the same movie. Remake after remake after remake. Yeah. yeah. Me walking with my dog, going to brick and mortar stores with nobody in there, which because of Amazon is pretty much how they are now, you know. <laughs> Hopping in people's cars, driving off and shit like that. So, yeah, I'm like the the little boy at home alone, just by myself, you know, shaving uh, in the mirror and stuff like that because there's nobody here. So, 
But, Cleaning out your belly button. Yeah. <laughs> Making sure, you know, it's not a home invasion scene, you know, practicing my traps and stuff. So, yeah, so that's that's what it is. So I didn't do anything except read comic books this weekend. The game was on TV. I could have turned to the game. I didn't even have enough energy to do that. So I was just like, yeah, look, and I'll just keep this time to myself. Just a lazy Sunday for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli, what about your weekend? How'd you, how'd you do? Pretty much the same thing. Fucking sat around. There was no movies that came out. I read a bunch of comics, played a little few games. And yeah, I watched football all day today. You know, play my team lost. Oh, huh? your team played today? Yeah, they lost. Vikings fan, right? Yeah, Vikings. I'm in. I'm. A, I'm up north. I don't give a shit about Dallas or New Orleans. I hate both those teams. But I. <laughs> I did catch the ending. I. I did catch the fourth quarter where it got kind of got interesting. Yeah, but, and my um, timeline exploded over that. So yeah. yeah, who that? Whoever who that is, they won. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my my team is they ain't doing bad, but they ain't they ain't winning the games they're supposed to. Okay, so don't worry, you'll you'll make it. It's the inside. Is did it hit, did it at least get a moral victory like they did last week when you said they lost? Uh no, this is just they didn't even win bullshit. in spirit. Oh, oh, Damn it! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean when they played the Packers? Yeah, the the Green Bay Flaggers. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they cheat also. It, it, everybody <laughs> always when their team loses, always says their team the other team cheated. <laughs> it's always yeah. that way. That's the rivals, us, because Wisconsin's right next to Minnesota, so that's our rivals. And then oh, Chicago, yeah, the cheeseheads. That's right. Yeah, Chicago is our, our other rivals. We played them today, so and we lost. Basically, we lost both. You know, in the division we got here, so we're Vikings are now shitty in the division now. <laughs> I, I guess. Have we talked long uh, enough about football? Long enough, you know. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, uh, yeah, Boogie on co- comic book bull or comic cast was like telling me I should get on talking balls with them. So, <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know, that's all I know about football is Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to make you a talking balls fan. So, yeah. So we're trying to get our numbers up to like the highest podcast on this geek network talking balls because obviously yeah. all nerds want to do is talk about football. So, yeah. So I got nothing to contribute to talking balls except skull. <laughs> Whatever that means. So yeah, we're pandering, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, we can actually move on to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Guess what, Eli? We are recording. All right. I just checked. Okay. Sorry that we had to do that bit a whole over again, but now we're actually gonna move into the podcast. And... We were rehearsed. It was a rehearsal. It was a <laughs> rehearsal. We never do rehearsals. I, I that, that actually, I guess people can tell we don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That being said, let's move from the podcast and go ahead and give these number one uh, box office numbers and see what we got. Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? I don't even know. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I see it. And let me see if I can. Uh, <laughs> Abominable? Oh. I guess it's a snowman movie. It's another. Yeah. the Not Pixar. Is it DreamWorks or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. It's an animated kids movie. No, I'm thinking it's about, like a horror movie about the snowman killing people. No, that would have been cool. No, it's, yeah, it's about Bigfoot, snow Bigfoot. Remember, yeah. like, you know, Wendigo in the whole comics? You know, give me, yeah, give me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Wendigo. Okay. Get the real Wendigo. That's actually cool. Like the native Wendigo, not the, you know, the big furry gerbil, the Marvel. Well, comic. see, now <laughs> if you give me any Wendigo that's not that gerbil, <laughs> the one that fights the Hulk, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be like, that's not the Wendigo. <laughs> 
Oh, you gotta see the real Wendigo, man. You'll shit your pants. Oh, so they so they whitewash the Wendigo? <laughs> yeah, literally. Yes, they yeah. literally whitewash the Wendigo. Yes, yes. turn him into a fucking teddy bear and shit. <laughs> All right, uh, number two, we have Downton Abbey. Why is the movie so successful? I have no idea. You ever seen Downton Abbey? Nope. Me neither. It's like I don't know. Uh, number three, oh, this is a, this one hurts. Hustlers. His really? thing, Eli. The reason it hurts is because I was actually supposed to see Hustlers last night. Oh, really? But I couldn't see it because I didn't get the tickets in time three hours before it was showing, and it was already sold out. Damn, really? Yes. I was already sold I'm like, what the fuck, man? So, yeah, the date I was supposed to go with, she's fucking pissed. <laughs> she may or may not be listening to this podcast. If so, I bet. But, baby. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is still playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, number four, we have It Chapter 2. We have five, Ad Astra. We have six, Rambo Last Blood. Damn, it dropped down that quick. Yeah. I'm thinking Last Rambo, uh, Rambo Last Blood will probably have gotten, you know, buzz since, you know, the controversy of it that came out and things like that. But I guess not. No one gives a shit. Yeah. I kind of figured it, Eli, because I looked at the numbers on our last podcast. No one gave a shit either. <laughs> no, nah, man. I, yeah. It's like, so, I, I, don't, I thought it was either that or uh, the Takashi 6 9 shit, but I guess a co- combination of both those. Like, yeah, I'm a, people are like, yeah, I'm going to skip this week. <laughs> uh, number seven, we have Judy, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, number... Oh, Judy Garland. That's what oh, Judy really? Garland. They made a movie about her? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Who, who's playing her? Is it Renee Zellweger? Are you Zellweger? serious? Yeah. So they had the whole Yellow Brick Road and Wizard of Oz and all stuff? I don't know. I know it's, it's just about her life and, you know, and she probably, you know, I'm sure they're going to show where she got all doped up and shit. Man, it's, it's Hollywood, <laughs> of course. Gonna be it's going to end with her dying. I'll go OD or whatever the fuck happened. It's going to be one of those. Yeah. Spoilers! Sound. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. Well, I was like, people, like you know, the Wu Tang show is still going on, right? And I'm telling people on my on my timeline, don't spoil the show for me. I'm I'm so glad you, you everybody don't watch the show. Like you know, everybody always spoils Game of Thrones and Power and all this <laughs> shit like that. So I'm like, I'm glad you don't watch Wu Tang. You can spoil the show for me. So people start coming on my posts, start saying bullshit like, uh, "Oh, they're best to dies." <laughs> the end. <laughs> No shit like that. They get signed to Loud Records. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but this last Wu-Tang episode, woo, damn. That was fucked up. I, yeah. Did, didn't you tell me that guy was part of the group? Or not part of the group, but part of, like, their, you know, helping them get signed? Well, no, that wasn't Power. No, I said Power. That wasn't Power that got shot. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Power, okay. uh, Raekwon's homie, uh, was the one who helped them. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, I always thought you thought that was the guy. Right, that guy was, okay. It, it's yeah. coming clear to me now. That's why when it happened, I'm like, wait a minute. You told me that guy was supposed to be somebody. <laughs> no, but I just thought that whole situation was fucked up. That old lady called the cops on him. Yeah, that was that fucked was, up. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, damn. And it just ended. I was like, oh. But she had to do something. <laughs> they throwing shit at her and stuff like that, not respecting her. So she like, but then you had the asshole cop that's been in the episodes before. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, but we're not going to spoil it. We're not those guys. Yeah. And that, that was, like, the only time I'm like, damn, I wish this was, wasn't was a weekly show and I could just binge watch. Right. Just, the but, next- I'm, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, we 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 get pissed about how Netflix is switching to the, the weekly serial show. But the thing is, we get a chance to talk about what happened. 
Now, if they just dropped the whole thing one time, we wouldn't have got a chance to like break down, oh, what's going to happen? We just look at this show in general. But now we yeah. actually talk about that one scene. Yeah. So, I think, it it's, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, it was fucked up. You know, and the fucking pigeon. See, that's what I'm saying. The show really could use all the, you know, that stylized filmmaking. When I, I agree the, with you. The pigeon, the, it looked like they yeah. were trying to tell a, tell a narrative with the pigeon because wherever they're flying, that was who the point of view story was. You yeah. know, I was they like, got, yeah, they need stuff like, like, I bet you that was like a guest director too. Like somebody that's yeah. not always on the show. And Inspector Deck is finally on the show. Finally on the show. <laughs> Rebel. And he sucks at selling weed. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there looking out the window all the time. <laughs> Oh, like man, is that what I got to do him like that? But uh, where we at? <laughs> okay, number eight, number eight. Good. I don't know how we got on that, but number eight, good boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Number nine, the Lion King. Okay, let's look at these numbers. Let's see. Oh, one point six million, which makes it the seventh highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, six million. I'm sorry. Because I, I said that last week too, and I heard myself. Billion. myself. <laughs> one point six billion. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I fucked it up last week, too. So, yeah, it's the seventh highest grossing movie of all time, period. And it's still climbing. But it's still in number, number 10. Uh, number 10, we also have uh, Angel Has Fallen. So, oh. all these movies still hanging in there. So, uh, yeah, that is the box office. That's it. Next week, we have a barn burner coming out. It's supposed to be the most controversial movie of the year. You know, The Joker. They say, they so. say that. That's what Probably they're saying. Do. I mean, it's, it's been hyped up. You know, they hyping it up like left and right. Matter of fact, every bit of controversy is coming out. It's just making it bigger and bigger. And, you know, security guards at the movie theaters. Yeah, shit. they're saying the army is putting out a list that, you know, incels might shoot up the theaters. You know, you're like, what's the incel? I don't know what that is. Like, go on the internet. Shit. See this movie at your own risk. <laughs> they don't want you to see this movie. You know, you know uh, Rambo had that same trailer, right? <laughs> they don't want you to see this movie go see this movie so they're the same thing but yeah uh and then they came and you know warner brothers came out with official statement like we don't cause violence we it's making a movie so it doesn't matter what anything they're doing is uh creating more you know yeah a bigger a bigger weekend for them basically yeah so, no yeah it's stupid it, yeah but it comes down to the same shit you know you don't like it don't see it yeah now mm-hmm. i did hear that they're not showing the movie in Aurora. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah they just like like they're not showing the movie at all in there. So that's oh, like, at the theater that the place the one theater right that at, got the, shot at the one theater they actually get shot. Yeah. They say they're not showing the movie there. So, but yeah. you know that's the thing. Oh, um, yeah. damn, we brought this show down. Let's pick it back up. Superman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's always a pick me up for some people. Well, at least for me. Uh, yeah. So Brandon Routh has actually officially released his whole. Kingdom Come Superman look that's going to be on the the Crisis on Infinite Earths TV show that's you know that's coming out this this year that's supposed to be the the yearly crossover thing doing it's supposed to be everybody in there so he's going to be in it Tom Welling from Smallville is going to be in it uh Lois Lane is going to be in it I think the Lex Luthor that was in Smallville turned it down but I think he's full of shit I think he's going to be in it or is he going to be the Adam well you know the Adam you know because he's already the Adam he's going to be both yeah yeah, so he's going to be playing both at the same time on the show. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it, they'll, they'll make it work. I mean, will he stand next to each other or something? You know, or, I don't oh, know. Oh, Adam's in my ass right now. <laughs> 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 they so we're going to sell us the same joke with Adam that we did with, with uh, Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, Eli, I love this look. 
this is like this is Superman. It's not like the other CW guy they got. It's like something about this guy just isn't Superman. I don't know what it is. It's like Jimmy Neutron or some shit, or you know, like Lil Farquaad on on Shrek. But this actually like Superman. And the thing is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a hot take, Eli. I'm gonna give a, a unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Brandon Routh the Superman better than Henry Cavill. Okay. The reason, the reason is because underwear off, on the outside. Well, that too. But they had this weird, like, speedo look for Brandon Routh in the old movie. They, like, his whole costume was off. Like, it was just off for some reason. This one actually gave him not speedos, but he actually got trunks. You know, given trunks. But, you know, but the thing is that Henry Cavill, I don't care what anybody said, like, people love him now because they know he's been fired from the uh, DCEU. But he can't act. That's the thing. He can't act. He just seems so wooden and so stiff on that. Well, Brandon Routh actually seems like a, a human being when he's actually playing Superman. You know, plus he looks like Christopher Reeves. They try to find a guy that just looks like Christopher Reeves. And plus, I've seen him in, in other stuff. You know, he's actually has range as an actor. You know, he played like the, the big bad, uh, the bad guy on season four of Chuck. You know, he's on Legends, funny on that and stuff like that. So the guy actually has range as Superman. So he can pull off the role. I mean, it's just the whole thing that, you know, Warner Brothers kind of fucked him over. Because, you know, they made the one movie. Brian Singer fucked him over, made a shit movie. And they just scrapped the franchise. You I know. still love him in, uh, as one of the evil exes in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah. He, the he, vegan. He was the vegan. He had the vegan powers. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I because I don't eat meat. I'm better at everything. Like, yeah. He had telekinesis and shit. I was like, that's the weirdest shit ever. That, yeah, he was good in that role. <laughs> I'm not afraid to hit a girl. I'm a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> awesome movie, man. Oh. Uh, that's all the DC news. Let's let's breeze on past this. Let's talk about Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige has had an interesting week this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, oh Eli, we like we're gonna reach into Pandora's box this time, aren't we? Okay. We, we, you don't want to talk about Spider Man first? Nah, let's just get let's just rip this bandaid off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know what? Let's talk about Spider. Let's get Spider Man out the way first. Let's yeah. before we go before we go there. Now that you, now that you bring it up. Okay, so. This whole deal with Spider-Man, we were talking about it, what, about two weeks ago? That Spider-Man's out of the MCU, he's never coming back. Uh, Marvel and DC, you know, are fighting. Now they've made up, and they're kissing, you know, in the, in the closet when nobody knows what's going on. They're fucking on a big, giant bed of money. I hate <laughs> you! I hate you! <laughs> you know, just telling each other down and shit. They're having rage sex right, right. now. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, Slap my face. Slap my <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> Such a weird image I have in my head right now. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they've made up for the time being. Spider-Man is back in the MCU. But everybody's happy and everybody's excited. Don't get too happy and don't get too excited. Because I actually read that Variety, uh, Variety article that came out. And it's not what you think it is. Because... There's only back for one, they're only back for one movie, mm-hmm. one solo movie, one MCU movie. Now the MCU movie they they uh, require Spider-Man to be in. We don't know yet, but it's gonna be one more solo Spider-Man movie, and the deal is done. Maybe they'll make up, and maybe they'll do another movie after that. Maybe this is it. Maybe they'll have their own solo thing going on. But this is it. And the reason they were able to get this deal done because remember we talked about it two three weeks ago whenever it was that Disney wanted half of all Sony shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now the deal is they're not going to ask for half. The deal is before where they got 5% of the movie, now they're going to get 25% of the movie. 
they they still don't put any money up so anything marvel does is completely all profit because they're not putting any money up sony still putting up the money for the movie so it's pretty much the original deal but instead of five percent they're putting up 25 percent, which is the deal that sony wanted to do from the beginning so everybody's saying sony's fucking up sony's fucking up disney was the one to back down you know they realized that stuff they were acting for was a little bit too insane so they backed it down so they can get this deal done so yeah so right now disney and marvel are having makeup sex but after 2021 when this movie is shot we're gonna be right back where we started again yeah when when tom hot yeah when they kill spider-man oh yeah that's probably when they bring back <laughs> kill him off you know <laughs> now here's the night monkey <laughs> all right now can we get to the bullshit sure <laughs> okay let's let's see how we're gonna tackle this okay so star wars <laughs> The one band topic we have in the show. We can talk about religion. We can talk about gender. You know, all that other crazy shit like that. But the one thing we don't touch is Star Wars on this show. Because we have different philosophies of it. Even though I fucking review Star Wars books every week. You do. But you notice I don't say anything about it. I'm like, I'm to keep that Rose Tico opinion to myself. You know? Okay. And I do it. I, I'm doing it. Do it like <laughs> like Monty Burns. It's basically his payback for that time I played Will Smith at the end of that episode. Everything is going according to my design. <laughs> All right, so let's I get, can let's, feel let's jump. your anger. <laughs> Strike me down with all your hatred. All right, let's get to the bullshit. Okay, so talking about Star Wars. Uh, so our boy. Kevin Feige, like I said, because the part of that Spider-Man deal was that Kevin Feige has to be included with the deal also. So he's co-producing the Spider-Man movie also. And he's producing a Star Wars movie. That's the thing about that. We don't know what Star Wars movie he's doing. We know if it's going to be a trilogy. We know if it's going to be a solo. We don't know what's going on. We just know that Kevin Feige will be producing a Star Wars movie. So everybody's asking, what does that mean? Who's going to be in it? What's it going to be about? What about Kathleen Kennedy? We don't know. We don't know anything like that. Cause some people saying like this is proof that you know uh, Disney is admitting admitting defeat. You know Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy is, has to step down. You know we don't know. It is going to be interesting to see how will Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy you know fit in the same sandbox. Is going to be Kevin Feige is going to walk in the room like okay Kevin can sit your ass in the corner and make me a sandwich. I'm in charge now. Or are they going to butt heads <laughs> or what? You know. <laughs> Oh, that just got us shut down right there. Yeah, it probably did. You know Star Wars fans hate Kathleen Kennedy. Come on. <laughs> no, just the whole misogyny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Feige walking in the room. Hey, go make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it may have. We don't know, man. We don't know. Hey. Let these fans tell it. Hey, that's how they want it to be. That's, that's that fever dream right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, Kevin Feige. Producing a Star Wars movie, we don't know what it means. And here's the thing about Kevin Feige: uh, when they first got Star Wars, Kevin Feige applied for the position. Then, you know, I like I, he like fuck Marvel, give me Star Wars. I want Star Wars right now. They wouldn't let him get it, so he had to wait his time to you know finish out this in game and Disney Plus and all this bullshit before they give him a Star Wars movie. But he wanted to, he wanted Kathleen Kennedy's job, you know. Mm-hmm. And my thing is. Actually, that if I would just insert my opinion, I'm thinking that's what's going on right now. I don't think there's a power move on Kathleen Kennedy. You know, I don't think it's anything like that. I think they're grooming Kevin Feige for the big job. 
And they, yeah. I think they want him to know all aspects of the big franchises before he takes the big job. I think he may be going for Bob Iger's job or Alan Horn's job or getting the whole thing. Because uh, to do a sidebar right here, Bob Iger released this tell-all book that came out this week, and he had some very interesting things in that book about there. One thing was about Kevin Feige. Another thing was about George Lucas. He admitted in the book they fucked over George Lucas, and they know they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, because George Lucas said, I'm going to sell you my, my, my heart and soul, my baby, Star Wars, you know, for whatever billion dollars and shit like that, but here's my treatments for the next trilogy also. I'm also selling you my treatment also. They're like, okay, soon they got it, threw this shit in the trash can. George Lucas kept on raging, raging like a lunatic, saying that, you know, they took my work, they took all my work, stuff like that. And they were actually going to make George Lucas sign a gag order before The Last Jedi came out, you know, to kind of shut him up because they knew he was costing the money. But they didn't do it. They just let George Lucas be an asshole and whatever he do it. But he admitted in the book that they fucked over George Lucas. They threw the treatment out the window. They didn't care what happened. Maybe they revisited. Maybe they even bring him on as a consultant. But until then, nah, we don't care. Oh, and he also says some things about Kevin Feige also. Basically, the whole tension between Kevin Feige and Ike Perlmutter. Now, a lot of people keep wondering why don't the the MCU movies and the MCU TV shows never cross over. That's the, ways, that's the reason why they don't cross over. It's because this whole uh, animosity between Kevin Feige and Ike Perlmutter. Because Kevin Feige was on the verge of almost quitting like back in 2014, 2015, stuff like that. He was going to quit Marvel. And Ike Perlmutter would have been the guy that would have ran Marvel. Now, a lot of people don't know about Ike Perlmutter. I'm going to just say this, and I feel like we're the only show to get away with this. He, okay, he's a Trump supporter, basically. <laughs> he's a Trump supporter. Back in 2016, he put like millions and millions into Trump supporters uh, and Trump's campaign, stuff like that. And I hate to label people this way, but you can tell he's kind of a sexist, racist, misogynist, you know, conservative type of guy like that because people want to know why it took so long to get a black widow movie he's the reason he didn't think it would sell he didn't want to green light a black panther movie he didn't want to green light a captain marvel movie he wanted to green light an inhumans movie that's what he wanted he didn't want to pay these guys anything if it was up to him robert downey jr would have left a long time ago robert downey jr wouldn't even been in civil war because he didn't want him in the movie you know, he's saying Robert Downey Jr. was too expensive. So he wanted to get, and that's why the other actors didn't get paid anything. He had no problem replacing anybody. That's why you have Terrence Howard out. That's why you have uh, Ed Norton now. Because he was like, fuck these guys. I'll just get a new guy. You know, when Kevin Feige was under Ike Perlmutter, so he had to do whatever he said for the time. But um, but once they moved him from the position and they and Disney absorbed Marvel not into its own thing, but into the actual Disney, you know, company. They made Kevin Feige over that. That's when he started getting the power and that's when he was able to, you know, start calling the shots. Okay. And humans, get rid of this shit. Anything that happens on a TV show like the Defenders and the Runaways and Agents of Shield, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. All I care about is my movies. That's all he cared about. So Ike Perlmutter still had the TV shows and all this stuff like that, but they're just in a sandbox playing against themselves. So that's why they don't cross over because those two guys don't see eye to eye. And as far as as far as Ike Perlmutter, nobody's even seen him now. We don't even know if he's even still with a company. You know. But Kevin Feige has all this power now. He's they're pretty much averaging like a billion dollars a movie these days, you know. So they may be and they probably want some of that Marvel magic to come on to Star Wars because and Eli, this is where the conversation about to go to shit. 
<laughs> Star Wars is struggling right now. Now, we're not talking about the quality of the movies. That's another to- uh, topic for another day. We're just saying as of right now, they're, they're on the bubble. They don't really know what The Last Skywalker is going to do numbers-wise. They had that theme park just released in Disney World. Numbers aren't doing what they want to. The person that was over, you know, to make the Disney World, to make, what is it, Galaxies in? Yeah, Galaxy's the person that made that, they fired her. You know, the merchandising isn't doing what it used to do, what they projected it to be. So Star Wars on the bubble right now. They're, trying, they're, trying, they're pulling out all the stops right now. You know, mm-hmm. and if JJ can't bring this shit, you know, bring it home, you know, it's going to be trouble. You know, his son won't be writing Spider-Man books anymore. You know, <laughs> so maybe know. he will be writing Spider-Man books. <laughs> <laughs> now, those are perks of the job. You know, <laughs> that's a privilege. Like, oh, you're fired. Oh, shit. Can I write Spider-Man still? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's the problem. So that they really, you know, want that Marvel magic to go over to Star Wars. And the funny thing is, you know what? It's all fun and games, Eli, until they put Brie Larson in one of these movies. Mm-hmm. That's when the fanboys going to lose their shit. Like, forced diversity. Oh, they're, they're, they're already losing their shit. They've been losing their shit. They've been losing their shit, but you know they put Brie Larson in the movie. They really lose their shit for fucking 30 years. <laughs> they're new. really losing this shit now this ain't nothing new see here's the thing you know hey kevin feige's gonna make star wars cool as a fan more star wars i'm all i'm down i'm always down for more star wars if it don't do good which you know it might not and we know solo flopped and shit then motherfuckers are boycotting because of you know you know nerds are pussies and shit and bitch about shit all the fucking time mm-hmm. you know star wars can go away again it's gone away many times in, for, for decades. <laughs> this isn't the first time Star Wars has left the building. Yeah. But you know what? Another decade, it'll be back. You know, that's what happens. So, yeah, you know, I enjoy it when it's here. When it leaves, oh, well. You know, I, I still mean, you you know, don't – You're not in the camp that you don't want to Star Wars every six months? I wanted. I thought that was cool. I, I was down. I liked when Star Wars was happening every Christmas. I thought that was fucking great, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, since that, you know, people wanted to see Luke kick ass. That's not happening now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because Luke didn't kick ass. That's and, what and this that's is the all thing, about. That's the thing about these Star Wars fans that they they care nothing about the actual quality of the movie or the plot of the movie the narrative. They just want that one thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. They want the fan service. Everybody keeps saying, why you keep doing fan service? If you just would have gave them fan service, they would have loved the movie. Yeah. I mean, fucking, you know, uh, Force Awakens was, yes, it was a remake of a, of, of a New Hope. People bitched. Then Last Skywalker was not a remake. It was a total, I'm gonna, a, where they actually gave a filmmaker free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Right. <laughs> you know, and he did, and everybody bitched. Now that's not happening anymore. Filmmaker, yeah. Kevin Feige's making Star Wars movies. He's not a director. He's just the guy in charge. He's going to find a yes man to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like not, in the Marvel movies. <laughs> like the Marvel movies. It doesn't matter who directs these movies. Because yeah, you get just, a, second you know, te- a second team, a second unit team, yeah, do all the special yeah. effects. You don't do what you, and if you don't do what we want, we're going to fire you. Like Lord and Miller. Like fucking. Gareth Edwards had a bunch of sh- like Rogue One was reshot, like over half of that shit was reshot. It's like, you know, the way Disney runs now is like you don't need 
filmmakers. You just need a guy in charge and a bunch of yes people to do my shit. Right. Know? And then so, the second unit team they have is like the second, same second unit team on all these movies. Yeah. So. And J.J. Abrams has proved, proved himself to be a yes man. He'll, That's how he got the job. <laughs> yeah. He'll get, he'll get in line and do what people want him to do. And right. he's good at that. And yeah. the, and that's exactly what's gonna happen. That's what I'm saying. Like this this last Skywalker, he's gonna do everything the fans want him to do. Uh, Ray is gonna be a Snoke, you know. Uh, Palpatine's gonna be back. Well, they're bringing Snoke. Palpatine back there. <laughs> right, he's gonna be a clone. Or he's gonna be a ghost yeah. or whatever the fuck. Whatever the fans want, he's gonna do. He's take, he and that's the Eli. That's why these Disney Star Wars movies get on my fucking nerves so much because everything feels like it's focus tested. You know, mm-hmm. say what you want to about George Lucas. George Lucas did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Yeah. We may not agree with it, but it was still what he wanted to do. He didn't yeah. focus test this shit. He didn't say, well, what, what would you like in the next movie? No, he gave it to you. You like this shit or you don't like this shit. And if yeah. I don't like this shit, I'm going to change it regardless whether you like it or not. Huh, and shot he first, was, fucker. And, and the thing is, is he was a fight. He was an overseer. And that's what he was good at. Yeah, and maybe he was his mistake was directing. He wasn't. He's not a film. Yeah, I mean the he's, best Star Wars movies weren't made by him. Yeah, he he's he doesn't work with actors very well. He doesn't, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he he's he's an imaginative. He's he's a world builder, and he's, you know, but you know whatever. I mean, to me, it's like that. Yeah, he's gonna. It's to me, it's more Star Wars. And I'll ride. I'll ride the wave as long as I will. As long as it. As long as it's there until. You know, people bitch and piss and moan and shit starts flopping and then it'll, you know, it'll fucking uh, subside for a while. Like like it has been, you know, we 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 thought the prequels were the end. You know, we never thought we were going to get any more Star Wars after the prequels. Yeah. Just like we never thought we were going to get the prequels back, back in the 80s. You know, we thought Return of the Jedi was it, you know. We had a couple of shitty Ewok movies and then I was it, you know, <laughs> and then we had comics and books and, you know, so, you know, it's whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I've always loved this shit and, but whatever I, I to me, I want to have fun, you know, and right now Star Wars isn't fun because it's everyone just bitches, you know, everybody's it's not just bitching, fun. you know, I mean, because yeah. we get into the point now, Eli, where you got people, you know, like I said, Force Awakens came out. Everybody was bragging on social media how much they've never seen a Star Wars movie before. <laughs> I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> What's the movie about? You know. So now you got and us always bitching about these movies. About you know they're looking at us like, oh, if they don't like these movies. Then why should I like these movies? You know, because mm-hmm. they weren't in on the ground floor. You know, like we were growing up with all the toys and the video games and the movies and you know dressing up like Han Solo and you know Chewbacca and shit like that. Yeah. They don't know any of this shit. You know, yeah. they just see us bitching all the time. So they're like, well, yeah. why, if y'all can't agree on this shit, why should I even worry about this? Yeah. And all the kids who may have gotten into The Force Awakens, who got introduced to Star Wars through that movie, mm-hmm. and like characters like Rey and Finn and, you know, all, then they, all they see is motherfuckers bitching, their parents bitching at each other. Right. Now, fuck this. I'm going to go watch fucking, fucking Avengers. <laughs> right. <laughs> For the 50th time or some shit, you know. Yeah, you know, it's like, they're, they're, yeah, they're just... It's ruining the fun, and you know, and if that's what's if if this is not going to be fun anymore, then yeah, maybe it is time for it to yeah. And, you know, and, and go my away thing is, even when I saw the Force Awakens, when I saw the movie, everybody else was going like, "Oh, this is great!" Like the first week, they were like, "Oh, this is the greatest movie ever! This is the greatest movie ever!" Redeem Star Wars. I was like, "Eh." Yes. I was too. I, I like wasn't. my first. I first my first initial reaction coming out of theater, other than what the fuck they killed Han Solo, but 
you know, spoilers. <laughs> but but I was like, okay, is that what it's gonna be now? I was like, I was expecting Luke and all that. I was like, they, Luke didn't show up to the end. Then I and it was on my second viewing where I'm like, I okay, this isn't mine anymore. And that, I that's what I said. That's exactly yeah. what I said too. It was it's not my Star Wars. This isn't mine anymore. Okay, and I had to come. I had to come to terms with that, you know. So and once I came to terms with that on like my second viewing, which was like four hours later because I saw because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it like twice in one day almost, you know. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, this isn't for me anymore. This is for the next generation. This is for the kids, and I'm gonna, I'm I'm handing it off to them. And once I was able to do that, I'm like fine. You know, now I just watch, I go into those theaters because I like hearing those sounds. I like seeing those sights and those ships and, you know, I'll never get tired of that, you know. So, and that, that that's just me as a fan. It, 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 they still have the, like, even Solo, which I thought was mediocre as fuck, I still had a good time watching the Millennium Falcon go through hyperspace, you know. <laughs> to me, it was worth that, you know. But I, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Feige can change this around. Maybe he just turned to another cookie cutter Marvel movie. Oh, just give yeah, just give us a cool story. I mean, that's hey, all we, Chris we, we want. We, we just want a fucking we motherfuckers just want lightsabers and fucking X wings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that's you why think I, it'd be so simple. Just give us yeah, that. Yeah, you know, but you know, the last Jedi didn't give didn't give people who were waiting for Luke. You know, you know everyone, what? No, actually, out of all, the, I actually like the last Jedi better than the Force Awakens because it did give I, us something different. I do too. I was and like, what, okay, you're giving yeah. us not the same shit over again. Okay, I'm invested. I'm into it now. Now, it wasn't a perfect movie. I wasn't everything no. about it, but it was. It was like give me something different. You know. Yeah, I like the fact that it did. It was different and didn't go where I thought. And you know, I I, I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, and. I, I, because I already came to terms with it through Force Awakens, I was fine with what Luke did. You know, I didn't need to see Luke whip out his dick and kill everybody. But everybody know? else did. <laughs> that's what, that's why. And I think if there was one scene, yep. if, if, if Luke Skywalker cut down a stormtrooper with his lightsaber, I think, oh, well, last night it was awesome. Oh, not that's a stormtrooper. One, one of those, uh, edits. Yeah, something. You know, if he did something besides, pulling the best fucking Jedi mind trick of all time. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> His consciousness over in other yeah. galaxies and shit. Oh, yeah. Luke will be back, too, because yeah. fan service. Well, he's it. Yeah, they already said. You hear him in the trailer. So. No, I, I think he's, like, physically going to be back. <laughs> he's, he's a clone. Yeah, yeah like, I, he'll just be there. Like, oh, don't worry about that. It was a clone. That was just, fucking time travel. It's funny. They did it in Endgame. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Just, just. <laughs> Jedi's can do time travel. <laughs> they never did that yet in Star Wars. Yeah, they, they'll figure out a way. All that, that, that's what I'm just like. Uh, all this course correction, man. Because Lucas had a, a vision of what he wanted to do. He didn't do course correction. He didn't just get see the yes man. He didn't do focus testing. You know, he just did what the fuck he wanted to do. They don't yeah. have a narrative. I have no idea what this story could even be about because the Last Jedi, even though I kind of like that movie. It just, it felt like an ending. It didn't feel like it was a setup for anything. It was a setup for Brian Johnson's movie is what it was. You know, he wants to make some trilogy about that kid in the stable, that Jedi kid sweeping the, with the broom and shit. Oh, oh yeah, the worst part of the movie? Okay. <laughs> that's what he, that's what that was for. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, everyone shits on Ryan Johnson for Last Jedi. It was J.J. Abrams that put Luke on the island. 
But here's the thing about JJ, and this this another thing that got on my nerves about uh fucking Force Awakens. JJ Abrams, the whole movie, he was just putting in just little nuggets uh, of and seed planting of what to set up later on. Oh, this we're gonna say this for the next movie. What about this? Yeah. We we'll say this for the next movie. But he don't even know the answer to the shit he was putting in there. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Johnson came along. He's like, I don't give a shit about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which another thing that pissed people off because JJ Abrams set him up for failure. Yeah. Like, he could have gave him the answers to some of this shit. Yeah. The Knights of Ren, who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> I still don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about it. So, bitch, they got stone? guns and shit. I don't like, care I thought they were Jedi. Is. What the fuck they got guns for? Uh, yeah. I, I don't give a shit who Snoke is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else, because the thing is, everybody had these notions of Snoke is this legendary blah, 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 and this, yeah. you know, he past blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nah, we just kill him. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. I thought that was great. <laughs> the next movie he's gonna be explained to be some ancient whatever whatever we don't care but because the fans are so pissed they gotta give the fans something yeah so we talked about star wars long enough that's why i don't like talking about star wars (laughs) we're rambling we just shit on about some shit that we actually really do like both of us yeah so but it's just so negative we just gotta keep bringing that shit up let's talk about the video game section all All right. right I can bitch about Star Wars some more in this shit. Nah, I really don't. We got too much other shit to go through. We don't have time to bitch about Star Wars all day. We got plenty of time for that coming in December. Uh, video game section. Uh, everybody who has an iPhone, iPad, uh, Android, any of that bullshit, download Mario Kart. There you go. Okay. On Android? Yeah. On, oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's It may or may not be free. I haven't downloaded it myself, but yeah, it's free Mario Kart. And I think you can play online with other people. So, yeah, have fun with that. Uh, man, can we actually move into the next part of the podcast? Oh, and, and then Battlefront 2, they did an update and got rid of my favorite fucking, uh, uh, my favorite mode. Okay, what, what is that? I know you said they got rid of Extraction or something. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was one of the game modes, Extraction, where you basically escort a shipment through a map. You know, you're either escorting it or you're trying to stop the other team from getting it. You know what I mean? Either you're the rebels or you're the empire and you're trying to get it through, you know, there was the Jabba's palace and then there was Kessel. And, um, it was just fun it, for me. I was my favorite mode because you know where people are going to be. You can set up a front line and just defend, or you can go assault. You always, it was always moving forward. Whereas like, you know, the other modes you're like running blindly across the planet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, never see, you don't, you know, you run for five minutes, finally get to the battle, and then you get shot right away, and then respawn across the planet again. This one, it was like nice and confined, and it was just more fun. And um, they did an update, and they combined it with assault. So maybe if you, you know, choose that mode, you might get the extraction, or you might get some other shitty mode that I can't stand. And, you know. So. Now Star Wars Battlefront 2 is basically useless to me now. You know? <laughs> oh, well. Well, that's okay because they actually have another Star Wars game coming out. That is true. And uh, what was the name? What's the name of it? Uh, Fallen, Fallen Order? Angel? Fall, Fallen Order. Order. Angel has, Jedi has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. It's something. Whatever the game is, it's a new one coming out. I think I'm going to save up money. I'm going to get that game. I'm going to get it. In, the, I saw the new trailer. It looked pretty cool, too. Yeah, I'm sold sure. on it. It's, it's made by the same guy that made God of War, so... Yeah, yeah, there's giant monsters and shit you gotta fight. And... There is! I just love that part of God of War, so. <laughs> Alright. 
So, yeah, let's actually move on to the next part of the podcast. This is the part where the comic book bullies talk about comic books, and we're just going to jump right into it. And, Eli, should I go ahead and go first? Uh, sure. Are you doing X-Men? I'm doing X-Men. This is the X-Minute. Guess what? What? I read him. What? Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm all caught up. Powers of X, I read it. The new one? Mm-hmm. Damn. See, my, see, my comic store is going out of business. Yeah. They're closing my comic store, at least in the location I'm at. What, did you steal them? So everything's like half off right now. Did, did you loot? Oh, I was going to say, you went looting or some shit? <laughs> no, I, everything's like on clearance. Like they're white. They're, it's like a, you know, going out of business sale. Everything's like half off. Like everything in the store is half off. Even brand new shit. Yeah. So I like, fuck it. You know, I haven't read these in a while. I grabbed, you know, they're $5 books. Well, I got them for half off. So I, I, I caught up on both House of X and Power. Okay. What, you want to do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Okay. All uh, right. Let's I, go ahead and start this yeah. thing up. All right. Now, Eli's cool. caught up so we can go there. Matter of fact, everybody should be reading this book right now if you're in the comics. I don't know why you're not. Uh, basically, how the book starts off, uh, we're in Dallas, and I guess we're underwater in the sea or something like that, and Professor X is talking to Forge. And he's basically trying to get Forge to build him a new Cerebro. And he wants to build a new Cerebro because he wants to have a... This is like what we saw in the last book where he wants to have a backup hard drive of every single mutant on the planet. Forge telling him that can't be done. And he's like, it can't be done on Earth. But you know me, I have connections with the Shi'ar Empire. They gave me an unlimited hard drive or some bullshit like that where I can back up... You know, I want to make five different hard drives. And... And Forrest's like, well, that's a big order. He was like, well, I know you can't. I know you can do it for us. I'm asking, will you do it? And, you know, and they cut to the next page. So the next page, we're talking that uh, Magneto and Professor X are talking to Emma Frost. And they're telling Emma Frost their plan. This is like when they first met. This when is they back first, in the day, yeah. We're yeah, going back, back in the day. This is, matter of fact, it's not even back in the day. It's like probably like five months Yeah, ago. year 10. Before, before Krakoa, basically. Before Krakoa. But, like, they just make Krakoa. So this is like about maybe like five, six months before yeah. the main storyline so they're talking to emma and they're basically telling emma what their plan is and professor x basically like yeah we want to get every single mutant on the planet and we want to make a nation and we put them on the island of krakoa and emma's basically like that's the dumbest idea i ever heard of y'all want to put us on a mutant island that has killed mutants before put us all in one spot so everybody on the planet can put a target on us and kill us all over again you want another genosha like, Charles, I get you. You're a dumbass. You're an idealist. You, you, you're always doing some stuff like that. You, on the other hand, Magneto, you know better. And you're like, no, we're not going to do it the same way we did it last time. What we're going to do now is that we're going to actually make an official nation with the United Nations, with the government. We're going to, you know, do this the right way. You know about the pharmaceutical companies that have been going around? Like, Emma, yeah, I heard some rumors about that. Charles like, well, that's me. But I need uh, somebody to help me move these pharmaceutical drugs all over the nation but the thing is i don't trust the humans and so magneto was just like you know, magneto professor x like so we want you to do it emma you know you run it through the hellfire empire and we'll give you a seat on the table matter of fact we got two seats you're like why you need two seats uh because we need sebastian stand back you're like oh hell no i ain't bringing him back like that's the deal you want to sit at the table you got to go get sebastian stand because we might need him to do some stuff that you can't do to get these drugs you know uh off to the to the rest of the world so we can be recognized uh, recognized as an official nation You're like okay well if i do that i want three seats You're like three seats what do you need three seats for like don't worry about that you find out 
So the next page, we see like the 12, you know, leaders of Krakoa and you see Professor X Magneto and you see Emma, but like every other name is scratched out. So we don't know who the other leaders are, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then next page, we also see Professor X uses Cerebro to, you know, tell all the like the bad guy mutants. Krakoa is cool. Come to Krakoa. You know, he's telling the, the acolytes, you know, with Exodus. He's telling Mr. Sinister. Uh, and he's also telling Namor. And, and Namor is just like, oh, Professor X, let me guess. You just found out that the humans will never accept you. And you realize you're better than them. And it's better off you just find your own way. Because it's not that they hate you. It's that they really envy you. Yeah, it's about time you figure that out. The professor is like, oh, so Namor, are you going to come with us? We're making this offer to all mutants. You know, like, uh, and Namor's like, Professor X, look at me. Do I look like somebody that just figured out that he's better than everybody? And do I believe for a second that you really believe the same thing I believe? Like, fuck out of here. Let me know when you <laughs> let me know when you're sincere. You know. So Namor basically tells him to, to, uh, to fuck off. You know. Uh, cut to a hundred thousand years in the future, ten thousand years, whatever. Long time in the future. We're back to that other bullshit that I hate. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the elder of Earth, or whatever like that, is talking to the Felix, and the Felix said, "We accept your offer." The Felix kissed the elder on the on the forehead. And the elder turns into dust. Dead. They're like, okay. <laughs> so then the other, I guess the librarian or whoever was talking, talking to that other, uh, talking to Nimrod, you know, the floating Nimrod, stuff like that. Like, what happened? Why did the Felix, you know, kill the elder? Like, well, first off, the Felix uh, uh, answered to a higher power. They answered to what we think is called, like, the Titans or the Dominion or something like that. So we don't, under what they're, what they do is beyond our understanding. Matter of fact, they live in a society that's so advanced, so highly intelligent that it creates a black hole. And what we don't understand about these black holes is that all the black holes might all be connected. They might have a singularity or a singular consciousness that's controlling all of them. Matter of fact, what if inside of those black holes is what we as humans always been searching for? What if God be li lies behind the black holes? We're like, hmm, well, that's interesting, you know. Uh, but either way, the Felix accepts your offer. So tomorrow, we're all going to be accepted into the Felix, and they're going to blow up the Earth. The end. I'm like, okay. I don't remember them saying it earlier, but okay. So that seems to be the end. And then Hickman's got all these lists of the Titans and the Space Bound and the Dominion. And basically saying the Dominion is the most powerful. That Like, Dominions are basically gods. Like, whatever we think God is, that's what the Dominion is. You know? And they are scared of nothing except for one thing. Well, two things. Galactus and Phoenix. That's only two things they're scared of. You know. But, yeah, that's that's the story. This is one of the more straightforward Powers of X books. I love the speech Namor give. Love how he's writing Emma in the books because he's making Emma an interesting character, not just, you know, fan service like she used to be back in the 80s and 90s, you know. She's actually wearing clothes. So, uh, <laughs> Damn yeah, it! Yeah, <laughs> right. I know some people hate it. Overall, I'm going to give it up. A four out of five. The important books that Hickman wants you to pay attention to are the ones that he marks as red. The red books are the ones you want to pay attention to. So this is kind of like an easy breezy book that he's kind of regurgitating the information he already gave us earlier. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, like the House of X books are the more straightforward books. Because mm -hmm. it's just uh, one yeah. timeline. Yeah. And then this is like 
this is all diplomacy and talking. This is this is the Phantom Menace of the X Men books. You know what? And I'm fine with it. I realize that like people keep saying there's too much politics in books. There's too much politics. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about because these X Men books are nothing but politics. But they're really politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just, mean, yeah. setting up the government and you know getting getting Emma Frost to basically set up a corporation to, to you know to, for trade. Yeah, I mean, like, the detail's going to, like, even with Forge talking about, like, how he's going to build Cerebro, what Professor X won with Cerebro, and like you were saying, like, the uh, the whole politics behind, like, how they're going to set up trade and pharmaceuticals, like, damn, so this is how you build a nation? Let me write this down. And and, then Professor X giving the Indian guy a drink, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I was wondering if you, (laughs) I was wondering if you saw any subtext behind it. (laughs) Now I'm just like, man, you better watch out. You don't, you don't want to get the Indian guy drunk, fucking Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) He'll end up snaking out and beating your ass and shit. You fucking little weasel. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like he builds a seat, bro. He just take it from his shit, you know, so. Matter of fact, in the future, don't they own Forge's place? Now? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I think they were like hanging out in there, like in one of those other books. But yeah, yeah, really fucked up. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, I'm 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 loving the book right now. We got one more issue each of each of the books, so we're getting ready for the grand finale of both. And I think for House of X, that's one of the red books. So we need to, you know, be on the lookout for that. So, yeah. All right. Well, since we're still on X Men shit. I'll do the New Mutants, War Children, one shot. Written by Chris Claremont. Written by Chris Claremont. Uh, art by Bill Sinkowitz. Sinkowitz? Sinkowitz? I've heard it so many ways. I'm going to say Sinkowitz. Um, you know, classic writer artist team back on the book for just this one shot. You know, so the story is okay. It's the classic team, the old school team or OG team. You got. You know, Danny Moonstar, you got Magic, you got uh, Rain Sinclair, Wolfsbane, you got Cannonball, you got Karma, you got fucking uh, Magma, she's on there, you got Sunspot, and for some reason, Kitty Pride's there too. Oh, and Cypher. Cypher's there. Okay. Um, And then Warlock. So Warlock is like having this nightmare. You know, he's freaking out. You know, he's thinking he's having some, you know, some alien god is supposed to like you know, he's he's destined to destroy the world or whatever the fuck. So he starts freaking out and starts infecting everybody with the, the techno virus, you know. Um, so he basically infects the whole team. They all start wigging out. And basically Rain Sinclair and Doug or Cypher, they're the only two that are left to fight him. The two, the two most useless ones are, <laughs> are, are left to fight him. <laughs> but um, – but they basically talk to Warlock. They basically, hey, they 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 uh, they they convince him that they, you know, hey, we're a family, you know, um, you know, you, you don't you can choose not to destroy everything. Don't take this isn't your destiny. You can choose not to do this, you know, and we we will help you because we're all a family. Like we got your back and all that stuff. So basically, that's what happens. You know, it's very it, it just. The, the story just emphasizes their bond, you know, the, that they're they're still a family, that they're still a crew, and they still give a shit about each other. So that's essentially what this is about. Does Magneto um, show up at all in the book? No, no. Um, it's other than that, it's a pretty forgettable story. I mean, it it it, may, it feels a little rushed, um, but it does give it like it does give a each member a time to shine. They have a, their own little moment. 
you know, I think because Chris Claremont is better at writing longer form stories than just a one shot. So it's it's a total throwback, you know, to old school mutants. If you grew up reading mutants back in the 80s and 90s, this is basically what it is. Um, Story's okay, but it's the art. The art is what makes this book really cool. Um, Bill Sinkowitz's, uh, you know, he's got that, he hasn't lost his touch. You know, he's got that really abstract, expressive, surreal kind of art, which totally fits like, you know, the new mutant storylines. Cause they're always dealing with like hell and different dimensions and, mm-hmm. and, and limbo and magic. You know, she was in limbo. He had karma possessing people, Danny Moonstar projecting fear and all that shit. So like the weird abstract art always fit those type of storylines. Um, yeah, so it you know, and then plus there was elements of you know supernatural horror sci-fi, which makes it really cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just, just it, in the end, it's just a throwback. It's just a one-shot throwback to you know for the fans of old school New Mutants, old New Mutants, you know, eighties <laughs> so, New Mutants. Yeah, eighties yeah, New Mutants. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the art is cool. The art is what makes the book. There's like a really cool panel where um, Wolfsbane and Cipher are getting infected with techno virus and their faces are like half their faces are like getting all distorted. They look like circuit boards, mm-hmm. you know, it looks just like, Whoa, that's fucking cool. You know? So yeah, just get it for the art. It's really cool. You know, the stories, whatever stories, just a, you know, a greatest hits one shot of them doing some shit, you know? So I give it a four out of five just for the art. Okay. All right. Uh, next book I think I do is, uh, let's do this actually comics book. All right. It's been getting some buzz. So yeah, this is Action Comics uh 1015 and it features it featuring on the cover Superman of course, this cuz it's a book, Batman, and new character Naomi. All right. So for those who don't know Naomi, she's a new Bendis character. Uh I was reviewing I think about 3 or 4 of the books and I kind of fell off at the end. But yeah, now he's Bendis already said this is going to be a big character. This one he's going to push the hell out of and now she's in the Superman book, so let's see where the book starts off. So the book opens up with actually, you know, her point of view. You know, she's in, she's flying, you know, see the clouds, she sees the Daily Planet getting closer and closer. Because basically she's trying to find Superman. she got to tell Superman exactly what happened because she just got her powers. But she doesn't know how to fly yet, so she ended up flying directly into a food truck, a uh, food cart. Uh, when she looks up, Superman is right there. And she's like, can I help you, miss? And she was like, yeah, Superman, I got to talk to you. I need your help for something. He was like, yeah, uh, before I help you, let me fix this food cart. And then, like, he super speeds, fixed the food cart. And he's saying he's done it so many times that food cart is right next to the Daily Planet that he's even cleaned the grill when he fixed it, you know. So he was like, let's take you to the Daily Planet and let's figure out exactly how you got your powers and where you came from and, you know, figure out whether or not you're telling the truth or anything like that. So she's flying to the Daily Planet. You see this, you know, her in the background trying to learn how to fly with Superman. So she's flying over the place, but eventually she, you know, figures herself out. Gets to the, uh, she gets to the Hall of Justice, meets the Wonder Twins, um, meets the Atom. The Atom starts, you know, shining a light in her face to see if she, her pupils are dilated. And says, so you're from a different Earth? And he blows the, throws the multiverse screen on. Which Earth are you from? He's like, I didn't know there was a multiverse. And then uh, while she talking and stuff like that batman pops out of anywhere, nowhere and superman's like why do you keep sneaking up on people like that when she starts freaking out the power star freaking out and batman's like well that's why she needs to get control of her power so 
Batman's running tests, Superman's running tests. They find out she's from a different Earth. They find out some evil dude named, I don't know, Zamboi, Lamboni, I don't know, what the fuck. We'll, we'll figure out later on. He's from an evil Earth. He's trying to kill her. Killed her parents, apparently, in the in the Naomi book that I didn't pay attention to. And she asked Batman, uh, Batman, they killed my parents. Uh, is this something you ever get over? Batman's like, no. And then she's like, good. And then Superman sees Batman kind of smiles. Like, you can tell Batman, like, oh, yeah, I, I like this girl. <laughs> She's cool. She might be a new Robin. <laughs> so, uh, with Superman, while they're running tests, he gets this super hearing thing, you know, like that, I gotta go. So he flies over to Club Ultimate, you know, with all the bad guys in Metropolis like to hang out and stuff like that. And he sees that same old Bendis enemy that's been popping up, you know, the Red Cloud. Uh, but he's beaten the Red Cloud before, so he didn't think much about it. But the Red Cloud's like, oh, yeah, Lex Luthor says hi. And then starts beating the shit out of Superman. Because, you know, Lex Luthor has been going around in all these books giving supervillains powers. And this is another year in the villain tie-in. So Red Cloud is way more powerful than she's ever been before. Beats the shit out of Superman. And, um, yeah, that's a book. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So overall, uh, Naomi on the front of the cover, like she's going to save the day and shit like that. She ended up might saving the day. I mean, this might be like a two-part or three-part or thing like that, but... For the most part, she just kind of just shows up and just meets the Justice League and the Wonder Twins. That's pretty much about it. That's the selling point of this book. So, uh, overall, I'm, let me just talk about Naomi for a second. I, I know what Bendis is doing because they're always saying, you know, he, I guess people say he kind of fucked up Riri. Oh, did <laughs> okay. I say that uh, Riri's book got canceled? No. Yeah, it got canceled. I think her last issue might be in like December. So like, oh, sure, it got canceled also. <laughs> so, yeah, what we, we call that. And so, Bendis, uh, they always saying, stop stealing our characters. Make your own characters. Like, that's not going to fuck up even you saying that our characters, you know. But the point is, I get what they're saying. Stop race swapping, stop gender swapping, stop, you know, doing stuff like Make an original character. Well, boom. That's what Bendis did. Naomi's original character, you know. Maybe she's a white lantern or a black lantern or a green lantern or an orange lantern or whatever the fuck. I, I didn't read the last issue or whatever the fuck she was in. But the point is, she's an original character. So you that same excuse that you made for Riri, you can't make for Naomi. So that's what he was going for. Uh, overall, I'll get the book uh, eh, 3.5 out of 5. I, I still don't know what Naomi's thing is. They could at least say what her powers are, but I guess the Justice League don't know yet, so they can't really say. So, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh do you are you do you want me to do Har you want to do Harleen or do you I'm, I, I want to do Harleen. Uh, you want to do Batman and be Superman or and Superman? No, no. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do, do that one too. <laughs> I'll do Kylo Ren. How about that? Another Star, oh, Star I love Wars. It. I love yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Star Wars: Age of Resistance. Kylo Ren one shot. Kylo Ren goes on a mission to a war-torn planet where Darth Vader actually lost a battle back in the day. Um, but Kylo Ren goes there and kicks ass. He kills the king, kills their god, which happens to be a Zillow beast. You know, for those who don't know what a Zillow beast is, it's like this big gigantic kaiju beast from the Clone Wars that uh, the Jedi could not actually destroy. They actually had to freeze it and the Emperor or Palpatine wanted to clone it. Oh wow! So if you, for, that was on the Clone Wars. So, but it's just showcasing Kylo Ren kicking ass. Um, I guess it's pretty cool. It actually shows Kylo Ren doing some cool shit, you know. Because unpopular opinion, this is just me. 
Uh, I think Kylo Ren is kind of whack. You know, <laughs> I don't think that's unpopular. Okay, yeah, he's just to me, he's just not that cool of a villain. You know, he he keeps getting his ass kicked. You know, Ray kicks his ass. Luke Luke beats his ass from across the galaxy. You know, the only time he ever like wins a fight is when he's you know beating up old men like Han Solo or Snoke. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, other than that, he's kind of a whiny bitch, and so I'm not a fan. Of him, but this book shows him doing some cool shit, so I'll give it a four out of five. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, but well, that didn't take long. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, so uh, all right, let's let's do it. Let's talk about uh, Batman Superman number two. Okay, a lot to digest in this book. Uh, last we left off, uh, basically Billy Batson has became the Shazam who lasts because he'd been infected by. Uh, the Batman who laughs, who's also run around, you know, infecting people and giving superpowers just like Lex Luthor is, you know. So the book starts off with uh, Batman throwing a batarang at Shazam, and he's just laughing like, why the fuck you throwing a batarang at me? I have fucking superpowers, you know. So he flies to the sky, starts, you know, throwing buildings at random people, shit like that. So Superman flies up, and they start fighting each other and shit. And, and Superman is telling them, Billy, you can fight this, you can fight this. You know, and Shazam even turns back to Billy, you know, like, Superman, you got to help me. The the Joker, I mean, the Batman who laughs is infecting me some kind of way, and I'm think, I'm scared I'm going to hurt my family and hurt you guys, stuff like that. And he, Superman's like, Billy, don't worry about it. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. You're going to fight this. And Billy just like, ah, you fucking dumbass. Shazam, bitch! You know, and then turns <laughs> back at Shazam and starts beating the shit out of Superman again. He's like, yeah, because you never been. Oh, the lightning actually hit Superman. That's why he's stunned. And uh, Shazam takes out the Batarang, the nth metal Batarang that the Joker who laughs or Batman who laughs gave him. And he's about to stab. Because if you know if he stabs Superman, he's going to be affected just like him. But before he can do that, Batman steals the Batman who laughs or Batplane, who seem to be, whose plane seems to be better or faster than his, crashes it into Shazam, but jumps out at the last minute and happens to stab Shazam in the, in the chest with his nth metal Shazam Batarang also. Uh, the reason it affected because Anthem Metal goes all through magic. So it's just like, it's it's like kryptonite for magicians, you know. So that's how they would stab him. So Batman gets electrocuted. Uh, Shazam turns back to the Billy Batson. So Superman has a choice to, you know, ca- only catch one of them at a time. So he decides to go for Batman because he knows his heart stopped and he, he needs the most attention. He grabs Batman. Billy Batson shazams his way back in the shazam who laughs and he flies off so batman superman takes batman back to the force of solitude uh heals him puts him in like some kind of healing chamber stuff like that batman's fucking pissed he's like why did you come save me why do you get the shazam who laughs he'd be out there hurting other people he's the only lead we had they're arguing back and forth he was like man i was gonna say don't get mad at me he kicked both our asses you were there too it's like he kicked my ass and kicked your ass too you know so they're quiet and then he decided to go back you know, and, and figure out exactly what the hell's going on. So they had the nth metal batarang and they have the Shazam uh batarang also. You know, the one that's supposed to infect each person. And Superman is about to tell Batman exactly what's going on, and Batman decides to tell him, like, Oh, I already know what's going on. These two uh metals can infect the superheroes, but they only affect the person they exactly designed for. And Superman like, wait a minute, you can read Kryptonian? And Batman starts speaking Kryptonian to Superman. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, I know Kryptonian. <laughs> So, so what's the plan? What are we going to do? We're like, well, let's do something that we've never thought we'd do before. Superman decides to go undercover as a Shazam who laughs. And freeze the Batman who laughs. Oh, I'm sorry. As a Superman who laughs. 
and freeze the Batman who lasts under the Hall of Justice, who nobody knows he's even buried under there in a prison except for Superman. And that's the book. So now Superman's going undercover. We'll, we'll see how that goes. There's a weird ending. Not really sure where it's going to go, but and but yeah, I don't know. Batman's doing some shady shit. Yeah, but it's Batman. You expect that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, why under the Hall of Justice? I, I, I get why he did in the Hall of Justice because he's built like the best multiverse prison. Like it's the most secure place in the multiverse. So I get why he put the, the bat. I wonder, has he been there the whole time? Because Lex Luthor has been back and forth there talking to him like a bunch of times in the Just League books. Yeah. So it can't be that damn secure. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, three out of five. It's cool. Alright. Um, I guess I'll do... Should I do this uh, Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales? Go for it. Alright. Our Absolute Carnage Minute. Ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, bum. Nick All Spencer, right. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Nazi Spider-Man. No, this is uh, Solomon Ahmed. Oh, Nick Spencer left? No, this is the absolute carnage, Miles Morales. Oh, okay. I, I thought, I thought, because I know there was a, a Peter Parker book out too. Okay. Yeah. So this is no, this is Miles Morales, absolute carnage number two. So carnage has been going around finding everyone who has ever been infected with a symbiote and pulling out their DNA to resurrect uh, Null, the symbiote guy. And he has been infecting everyone around him and turning them into. Symbiotes, so Carnage has this horde, like a Carnage horde, and Venom and Spider-Man have been trying to stop them. Uh, well, Miles Morales has been infected by a symbiote in the last issue. Uh, Carnage then commands him to go kill J. Jonah Jameson, and that's what he goes to do. He bum-rushes the Daily Bugle um, to kill J. Jonah, but Silver Sable, Silver Sable shows up. That's a tongue twister. Silver Sable. Silver, silver, blah, blah, blah. silver say her, yeah. Say the real name of this. Say the whole thing. Silver, Sil- silver Sable. <laughs> yeah, she's there uh, to stop him. So it just basically becomes a fight between symbiote Spider-Man and Silver Sable and her crew. Um, And the whole time, like, Miles Morales is inside the symbiote, like, trying to uh, resist the, you know, the, the, the dark urges of the symbiote. Um, but he almost does at one point, but, uh, it, the, 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 you know, the symbiote's too strong and he ends up escaping and that's about it. Um, it's not much, it's just another tie in more filler, you know, unnecessary, doesn't really affect the main story arc of absolute carnage. So it's just a three out of five. Yeah. Okay, cool. They're hanging in there. This, uh, what, like two more books left in the Absolute Carnage, like main story? I think so, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. very long story at all. I, you know, nowadays they're doing like 12 issues, but I guess it's just trying to get in and get out with that one. Yeah, right, the, Venom, so. the, the Venom in this, yeah, Venom is like the only other tie-in that you really need to follow. That, that like, you know. Right, because Donny Case actually writing that one, so that's, he's yeah. going to make sure that one ties in. So. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, the, I guess this is, this this is my book of the week, Eli, the one we're going to do next. Mine too. Okay, so, this, this is our this book is, of the week. Yeah. Book yes. week we're gonna go for. So this is Harleen. We all know who Harleen is. It's Harley Quinn. So this is the origin story of Harley Quinn. Uh, it's a it's a black label book. Mm-hmm. So and the name of the guy is help me say this Stefan Sijic. Sijic. Something like that. You know the funny thing is I've never seen this artist work in comics before, but I've seen memes of this artist draw books. You ever seen those memes before? 
I don't know. Like if, if I show them to you, you'd recognize it. Like, okay, this art style looks familiar. But anyway, uh, the cover is the first thing that got me because the cover, if you look at it, is Harley Quinn holding up a mask, but her right eye, or well, her, yeah, her right eye has tears coming down, and the left eye, you know, is looking mischievous. So it's like, you know, which one is it? That you know, the duality, you know. That's what oh, I, like I got, I got the, uh, I got the variant. Oh, well, what is yours so, look like? I got her hanging up. She's in her Harley Quinn outfit, like the old school one, the red and black one. And then it shows like you know a bunch of villains behind her, Killer Croc, fucking Ivy, all those motherfuckers behind her. Oh, cool. Okay, very. So that's cool. All right. So basically, I'm not gonna start how the book goes out. I'm gonna just jump into it. Uh, Harley Quinn. Well, not Harley Quinn. Harleen. Harleen Francis Quinzel. You know, she works at the Gotham Sitter uh, for criminal something. She's had. She's the weekend. She's having a night out, drinks. You know, with, with her best friend. Talking about how her career is going nowhere. No one gives a shit about what she's doing. Uh, and then she leaving. And then all of a sudden, that block that she's on gets attacked by the Joker. You know, uh, he's attacked by the Joker. He's got these goons behind him. Uh, and he points a, and he sees Harleen. And he points a gun at Harleen. And then when he points a gun at her, you know, your life flashes before you. So her whole life flashed before. But not her whole life. Just the stuff that we need to know. And it's something very interesting that happens here. Because... It seems like what they're doing now is that they're retconning Harleen's uh, backstory because this is all was done in Mad Love like back 20 years ago. But they're putting a spin on this. Now, in, in, the, in the Mad Love story, basically it said that Harley Quinn slipped her way through, you know, through college, you know, to get her good grades. But they're changing it saying that's not what happened here. What happened here is that she always had a grade. She earned all of her grades. What happened is she had a crush on one of her professors. Professor Collins and Professor Collins. I mean, what Professor Collins going to do when, you know, Marco Robbie walks into your room, you know, you're just going to do what you're going to do. So, but she got found out. She got busted. So when she got busted, she got a reputation of being yeah. a slut. You know, yeah. all she did is sleep with one guy, but now it makes it seem like she slept with every guy in, in like every middle-aged guy in the college. She slept with yeah. like, that's why yeah, they call her Harley. Even at her job. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we no, know like this that. stuff happens, yeah. you know. You know, women get yeah. called slut because of one thing she did because one guy tells everything that she did, you know. Yeah. But, like, that's why they call her Harley because everybody in here is Rotor, you know, stuff like that. So, anyway, she, she's back to reality. Joker's still there. And Joker's like, oh, that's all I want to see with the fear in your eyes. So he doesn't shoot her. He just leaves. Hops in the car, drives off. Boom, smoke bomb hits. Uh, they crash. His driver dies. Well, his driver is, is hurt, but he just shoots him in the head because he, he didn't want him to die anyway. Turns to his next goon, and this is my favorite part, and says, Bob, Go you're on. my number one now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's nice to call back there. So. Yeah. Uh, so then, like I said, Batman throws a whole bunch of smoke bombs. He's in the Batwing. He jumps down. They start fighting each other and shit like that. Harley Quinn's trying to run away, but she's so terrified, you know, uh, from fear, so petrified from fear, she just watched him fight and stuff like that. Joker gets away, Batman chases them, they go into this uh like little fountain, stuff like that. Harley Quinn goes over the edge and see both of them fight, but they're not really fighting. It's just Batman just beating the shit out of Joker, you know. And uh, and then she and while he's punching them, at first she hears like Batman's fist punching against the skull, but she sees the rest of the crowd and everybody else is like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And she's like, Okay, everybody in this everybody in Gotham in this town is fucked up, you know. And then she's looking at Joker, she's looking at Joker like the victim. You know, because Batman's just going to town on his ass, you know. Um, 
next day back at work you know that one uh her one co-worker that went to school with her you know is coming to her the one that you know spread the rumor about her you know being a slut she walks through again like oh who'd you fuck for this to happen like what are you talking about why did you go in that room and she goes in the room and it's her boss talking to Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox had came to one of her seminars that she thought he was bored in. But honestly, he, he was actually like, no, I wasn't bored. I want to have a conversation with my boss. And my boss, Mr. Wayne, wants to give you a grant. You mean me a grant? He's like, yeah, because he's thinking that your research could actually turn, could make a, a change to actually help these these uh, super criminals. And maybe find, figure out what's making them go crazy or what makes anybody go crazy. Like, huh, okay. Then she also thinking that, well, maybe uh, if I throw in there some monetary value, like Mr. Wayne didn't care about you making more money. He just wants to get to the root of this problem. I'm like, okay. Um, so she goes, you know, he makes a few phone calls. She gets transferred two weeks later to Arkham Asylum. You know, she's happy, but when she's walking in there, you know, foreshadowing. I like that, foreshadowing. Because <laughs> her shadow is a picture of Harley Quinn, but we can't see that mm -hmm. at the time. She goes in there and meets all the people like that. And the same day that she gets transferred to Arkham Asylum, it's the same day Joker arrives there. You know, she didn't make the connection at the time. She's thinking like maybe they're fated or meant to be just like that. But at the time, she's afraid of Joker. She's scared of Joker. She remember that night that Joker pulled a gun on her. Yeah. And every night she's having nightmares like that. So she interviews everybody in the uh, asylum except for Joker. You know, yeah. kill a crime. She's, kind of, she's yeah. scared of him. She's scared. Of, like, she's having nightmares. She can't yeah. sleep, anything she like that. She was traumatized by that night he was, you know, that night he, like, she got in the crossfire and shit. Yeah. Very yeah. funny thing that I know is, like, she's interviewing every single inmate in there. And then they have pictures of all the inmates spread out, stuff like that. But she got, like, the sexiest pictures of Poison Ivy and a few of them also. So, like, I'm, I'm going to keep these for, for research purposes. <laughs> You know, uh, and then so she does everything she can to, like, make herself, you know, not think about the Joker or that night that Joker was, you know, terrifying her, even to the point that she starts drinking to the only way to keep her at night. So she uh, wakes up one night and then she uh, gets a phone call from Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent invites her down to, like, the Gotham Bridge, whatever that bridge is called like that, and just have a conversation. First day, have a nice little conversation. Then he just straight up says, I want you to shut your uh, I want you to shut your research down. And that Grant, uh, Wayne Grant, turn it down. I'm like, what do you mean turn it down? Because if your research gets out, every two-bit lawyer that's trying to make a name for himself is going to use your research to make some kind of sob story about these guys, and it's going to be back on the streets. Arkham Asylum is already a revolving door as it is. These guys need to be behind bars. They're in some hospital, you know, being taken care of. But if your research gets out, that's going to make things even worse. You're like, and Harley Quinn is basically like, uh, I'm not going to stop anything. I'm going to do what I want to do. And she's saying she having these psychotic dreams, thoughts about like stabbing the shit out of Harvey Dent right then, <laughs> you know. And she like, and then she, because right now Harley Quinn is actually narrating the story, and she's just looking at the whole thing like it's funny. Like six months from now, both of us going to be hardcore murderers, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna just interview the Joker. That's what I'm gonna do. I, I've been. I'm going to go ahead and face my fears, like do what I need to be done. But she's already been studying tapes and watching tapes of Joker and Joker's been doing this same shtick about how he always making a different origin or how he got his, you know, his look and who abused him and all like that. So she knows everything you're saying is bullshit. She knows that from the beginning when she talks to Joker. So what she wants to know is that don't tell me about you because you're going to tell me uh, a bunch of bullshit anyway. Tell me about Gotham. Tell me about the City of Monsters, because I think the whole thing the story's been setting up is that Harley thinks that everybody in Gotham is capable of this, of being yeah. insane. 
you know. Well, that's what she sees when Batman is beating the shit out of Joker, and everyone's like cheering. Right, and she's also seeing it in the people. They're cheering it on. They're they're acting crazy. So it's like, yeah, you know, they're all everyone's fucked up. Yeah. So before they had the conversation, Joker said, "Well, before you say anything, call me Jay." Like, okay, Mister Jay. And the book ends, you know. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about Joker is that he recognizes Harley every time. Yeah. Like when he's like he's acting up in the Arkham Asylum when he first get there, he start, he he sees her and he calms down. He's like, oh, you know. And even when he was talking to that goon that he shot right before he did that, he was like, well, the reason he didn't shoot her because he liked her. You know, but he mm-hmm. didn't just say it at the time. So, uh, yeah, Eli, I'm, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna say this book a five out of five. I mean, just the artwork of it was awesome. The fact yeah. that they retcon all the bullshit story that they did in Mad Love a long time ago, and, and the fact is that this is just one story, and they're actually taking their time with it, and how Harley Quinn is getting, you know, to get, yeah. get to know the Joker, and yeah. that she's not self-centered like they try to make her to begin with. So, no, yeah, I really liked it too. I mean, it was a f- serious, fresh take mm-hmm. on Harley's origin because I never gave a shit about Harley Quinn. In yeah. fact, I always kind of thought she was annoying, mm-hmm. but I like that they're like this is sort of like a like a like a crime movie or a serial killer crime sh- movie or show like Silence of the Lambs or Mindhunter where you're getting to the like the motivation of a killer or exploring the criminal mind and shit. It's like I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I also like that the fact that they didn't make Harley like a ditzy Joker knockoff. Right. You know? But that's and how she not, was in the original origin, you know, the original yeah, story. She, yeah, she's not all gaga and lusting over know joker she's actually scared of him i like the fact that she was traumatized by him and that's 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 what led to her obsession with them yeah. like he gave her he traumatized and she was actually she was having nightmares about him she was scared of him you know mm-hmm. so i really dug on that that there's it's you know that that they're giving they're they're g- giving her more of an identity instead of just being that joker knockoff yeah, and, and the funny I mean? thing is about like any original story because I keep comparing this to Mad Love because it kind of is a a variation or a different take on Mad Love, like a reboot of Mad Love. Because yeah. in that story, she wants the first thing she wants to get transferred to Arkham specifically to interview the Joker because she thinks that'll get her fame. Like that's the only reason yeah. she wants to do it, you know. Yeah, you and see this, her frustration she want, right? She doesn't want anything to do with the Joker in this one. Yeah, she's scared of him. That that's that's what starts her obsession, and it's her. And it's her fear that motivates her to confront him, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was really cool. Instead of her just being, you know, this groupie, you know, <laughs> right, which is what she know. was in original story. And and that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, now I'm thinking about it because everybody uh, calls Mad Love one of the greatest Batman stories ever made. And after reading this, I'm thinking like, damn, was that story kind of overrated? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what it makes <laughs> me think. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact that it shows her like in college. It shows her trying to get jobs, and and yeah, they address her the bimbo reputation and how yeah. it was false, mm-hmm. and how she actually struggled with all this. And right, and no how, matter where how, she went, it followed her. Yeah, and how vulnerable she was. Like you actually feel bad for her, you know. And, and, and then it, she it, even says that like the night that Joker pulled the gun on her, like if she made it went public with that. Maybe she wouldn't be in the situation she is now, but because she's scared of people recognizing her for being that slut in college, I'm going to just keep my head down and not mention it to anybody. Yeah, like you totally get where she's going. This is like, for me, this was like Batman Begins for me, where you really understand the character. Right. And why they become who they become. You know, that's why I love Batman Begins. And that's what I feel this is doing with Harley. It's taking that 
really serious take on what makes her become who she becomes, you know? And yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. I mean, if there's only one small critique that I got, and this is just me being pretentious mm-hmm. is it got a little wordy at times because it's got the bigger, you know, it's the black label book. Yeah. And so, so it's got the bigger pages, the bigger book, it's got a bigger size. And I think it just, they, it, instead of using it, I think the only book like so far, Batman damned is the only book that on the black label that used the bigger pages yeah. to an advantage. They have a bigger canvas and the art in Batman damn just felt more epic. Had an epic yeah, scale even though the and, story it, itself was shit. You know. Yeah, it's just the art was just like so grandiose because because yeah. they had this bigger canvas to work with. Whereas here, it just feels like oh, they're just gonna shove more, they're just gonna cram more panels. Here's stuff. the thing: I actually agree with you to a point. But here's the thing, Eli: I, I feel like the book actually addressed that. I think the book actually made fun of that because, for instance, like the book when it first, let's say the first like three pages of it, and Harley was in that uh that seminar she was having, and all them big words she was having, and you can see the crowd nodding off. You know, looking at their watches and looking at their phone shit like that. Like, I'm reading the first page. I'm just like, man, this shit. I'm thinking like, oh, man, 60 pages? This shit finna be boring as fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. But then the next page, she's getting drunk in the bar, you know, with her girlfriend. And she's just like, oh, man, they were bored out of their minds when I was talking. I was like, thank you. Okay, you, you obviously you were doing it on purpose, you know, to make yeah. this shit boring as fuck. I, I agree with you. It was a little wordy. Some of the words could have backed out. Because yeah. some of this I mean, shit. It was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't boring. This book mm-hmm. was not boring, you yeah. know? Um, but I just like, there was like a few panels of like, wow, that, that like, were like, you know, the, the splash page of, you know, Batman beating the shit out of Joker or when Joker pulls the gun on her, you know, mm-hmm. those big moments, you know, where I thought, okay, that's cool. Like that moment where he pulls the gun on her and her mm-hmm. life is flashing before her eyes and shit. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I wanted more, how that page was set up. Like right. that's what I wanted more. I, I get you saying you like the, you know. and I, I kind of feel like that also like the imagery like the the art of the book was so beautiful, you wanted less words to take it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on because that was yeah. one page. That was one panel that was just beautiful. Like when the smoke goes, when the smoke, when Batman throws smoke and he's fighting all the bad guys, stuff like that. And you see Harley just standing there looking at because she's petrified in fear and she sees him through the smoke, but they're bigger than she is, and she just looking at him like larger than like figures. And I was just like, that's yeah. just a, a a beautiful image right there. Yeah. Or her walking would, into Arkham for the first time, you know, yeah. things like that. Or just seeing her. Like, when you see her, Dr. Quinzel, it's just a full splash page of just her. Mm-hmm. She's not Harley Quinn yet. It's just her as a doctor. You know, she's got a recorder and a notepad. And it's just a, and you see like that, those, the symbols, the diamonds in the back, you know, that silhouette. I mean, that was cool. Like, it's just a one page shot of her. This is her before all the shit happened to her. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get to take that and, and uh, you know, that's the, that's what I would have liked to have seen more of like those just using this bigger canvas to to express that through the art. So, yeah. but other than that, that's just me nitpicking. But, yeah, I thought this was great. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck, I read this first and I was like, God damn, do I got to. It, it was the last <laughs> thing I read. I, I yeah. even thought twice about getting out like seven dollars. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this go if this is more like the, the next issue is more. Like this book, yeah. like this issue was, this might be the best black label book so far. I think it already is. I mean, yeah. but it's not a high bar right now to, to sit anyway. So. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that because they turn Harley, they retcon Harley into a sympathetic character instead of like this, like you said, this bimbo groupie they made her in Mad Love. 
now she's a sympathetic character, but they don't show what she turned into yet. But you yeah. know it's coming, and it makes you feel even worse for her. Yeah, and what sucks is like she's not really a victim yet. Right. You know, I, she still kind of owns her actions. It's like it's because of her fear of the Joker is why she's doing what she's doing. But I also like that scene with Harvey Dent mm-hmm. where she basically tells him to fuck off. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Like she's still her own person and she's still consciously, you know, in charge of her own destiny, which is like far cry from, Oh, I just fell in love with the Joker and I'm just going to do whatever the Joker wants is, which is what she was. Now it's you're seeing her transition. You see the transition into that character where she is making decisions. Mm-hmm. She is like, you know, she is in charge of her own destiny now. And that's what I like. You know? So, yeah, like I said, Black Label, give us more books like this. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. serious adult takes. On- <laughs> exactly. This is an adult take. This isn't yeah. just, uh, you know what another weird thing is that they bleeped out fuck in the book. Did you notice that? Did they? They did. Like, uh, not all I the time. So. Sometimes they left it in there. Sometimes they didn't. I thought I saw some F-bombs. They did. But, like, Pauline, her, uh, anytime that she saw a Harley Quinn, she was like, did you fuck Lucius Fox to get this grant? You know, but they bleeped out. They bleeped out F then. You know, fuck then. But any other time when she's just saying, fuck, it's in the book. Like, the very oh. next page is in there. Like, that's, okay. That's weird. I think it's kind of like the PG-13 rule. Okay, so the PG-13 rule allows, you know, one fuck, but it's how you say the fuck. So you can say fuck, but you can't say, did you fuck him? Like, you can't use yeah. fuck as a verb. <laughs> it, it's it's a weird rule. Like, if you say fuck as a verb, then you get, you know. It's got to be a noun. It's got to be a noun. <laughs> or an adjective, fucking, you know, something like that. But it can't be a verb. You can't, you can't fuck anybody. <laughs> So I, I'm thinking Black Label has the same rule, but I'm just like weird as fuck, man. Like you, they say it fuck about like five, six times in the book, but that one page, they black it out. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. very next panel, she was like, did you bleep him? Pauline, I don't have time for your bullshit. Like, what, why did you bleep that out? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, any no, more books? I, I thought this was great. Yeah, I'll fuck it. It'll give it, yeah, five out of five for me. Okay. On a Harley Quinn book, who would ever thought? <laughs> okay, I want to see what Comicast say about this one. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see what they say about this. Oh uh, shoot! Any more books we got? No, I, I'm good. I think that's it. All right. Uh, if you listen this long, just like, share, subscribe. We have uh, our sister podcast, Geek Sav. Uh, also listen to Comic Cast. Like I said, they review the same books we did, plus a bunch of other books that we didn't review. Check it. Uh, take a listen to see what they had to say. Uh, we also got Hulu TV. Uh, ooh, get Valiant. This is gonna be a big book. This big week because uh, Bloodshot number one dropped. Oh shit. And I think Dr. Mirage dropped. That's a like a long time ago. I'm not gonna I know a little bit about Dr. Mirage, but I'm not gonna talk about it. Um and the number one podcast of this uh of this website, Talking Balls. <laughs> That's all people want to hear about. Then fuck all this Superman and Batman bullshit. They want to hear about Tennessee football. <laughs> uh now next week we got a uh, actually a special week because that's gonna be the week of the Joker, the most controversial movie of the year. Technically, it very, and I'm putting in, you know, air quotes. It's it's a comic book movie, and I've said it in the loosest term possible. So it's kind of like our job to review it, and that's all we're gonna do. As of right now, I'm deciding that's all we're gonna do is just do a Joker spoiler podcast, and that's gonna be it. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, until then, this is Leroy. 
This is Eli. We talk to you guys next week. Same bully time, same bully channel. <laughs> Is on the loose and running alone.